Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you listen to this episode 240 of the Tree Talk podcast. Myself, Jack Neville, and Matt Callan of the Weekly Observer and Vale Star. A busy and exciting weekend. Look forward to, we obviously have Limerick and Galway in the All-Ireland Hurling semi-final. We also have to look back on the first round of senior football. There was camogie and ladies football, so stay tuned for all that and more. The impression of the game, we get all with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Shawnee Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Limerick went out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. We're delighted to be joined this morning by Galway's Jonathan Higgins ahead of uh, this Sunday's Epic Encounter. Jonathan, how are you keeping? Good morning, guys. How are we all? Good morning, Jonathan. Thank you very much uh, for coming on and giving us the view from Galway as we prepare for yet another Limerick-Galway game in an All-Ireland semi-final. It's becoming nearly an annual thing. It is, unfortunately. I suppose more fortunately for you guys. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a big ask you now at, at the weekend. <laughs> but sure, look, if we can keep it poked out, to you, poked out to you, we'll be doing well. Yeah, and look, we'll we'll get into we'll get into the games. Obviously, twenty eighteen, twenty twenty two. You know, as I said, it's it's recurring. But Galway season so far, Jonathan, what what have you made of it? I suppose it's kind of up down. There's been a lot of, I suppose, uh, a growth and a lot of uh, positive strides. Met under Henry Shelflin, and it is a little bit of a, you know, the horrible cliche, a bit of a rebuilding phase there. Um, and I suppose you can't look past the elephant in the room, which was the the Leinster final defeat. Um, sport is cruel. Sport can be very cruel at times. So on the weekend, just come by with the penalty shootouts and like look at Armagh losing their third penalty shootout in a row. But talk about a big sucker punch goal we got at the end of that Leinster final, just when you thought... It was a step forward, finally performing on the Leinster final after the horror show of the Leinster final the year gone by. And to be caught in the manner, like losing to a goal in the last puck of the game would have been you know, horrible. But just the manner, the way it was kind of in our hands, one hand on the Bob O'Keefe, and then it's booted away. And it's just the stuff of heroes when it's lashed in from out there. And you're thinking, oh, God. And to be fair to the side... I as as a supporter, I was <laughs> I had my unbiased hat on, but even still, covering the game at the time, but like you couldn't, you so some ripped you know something out of uh, out from inside you. It was just a horrible, horrible way. But to be fair to Henry Shefflin, and not just with that getting by, then on the horse the next time, he has put a lot of spirit and a lot of grit into the side. Um, but you're going to need that in spades. Like if you look at the last couple of goal performances, you had probably the worst half football I've ever seen or, uh, of Hurling I've ever seen a, a county play, Galway play against Dublin. Yes, a bit of spirit to come back to Dublin fade or was that Galway just putting the, the squeeze on? The Leinster final was good to a stage and then obviously the absolute horrors at the end and the tip performance, you'd probably call it mixed maybe. Got the job done. Probably tip were, I think, insanely bad on the day. Fell over the line. Maybe that's just 
as a matter of the things gone by. So it's it's really hard to know where, where goal we are at the moment. Uh, you would have said prior to maybe Tuesday night, everything is going flying. The squad is fit, everything's together. But then, you know, big blow, obviously, with Jason Flynn being out for not just the, the rest of the Intercounty Championship, but the, the club championship as well. A huge blow for, for Larkins that as well. And, you know, he's a player that had been there, thereabouts for so long, was showing strides, did has, you know, really having big impacts off the bench. Um, was that, that, I suppose, the finisher is what the dubs call them. Is it, you know, the impact off the bench? We've seen that. Across the code, having having so many big, big impact on proceedings, it's a big loss, it's a big blow to the camp as well. But I guess Galway, in effect, have, have nothing to lose. But it's a huge, huge ask, and I'm not just you know blowing sp- um, smoke up your rear ends here. It is a big, big ask. You're pl- you're facing an absolute juggernaut of a of, of a team and a team that's had maybe by others people's standards, not by yours, a, a wobble if, if you want to call it that. But you look like you've the the bit between your teeth again. So. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a mammoth task. There's no way of buttering that up, but sure, look, we live in hope, I guess. Yeah, and I suppose it's interesting, the two teams coming into, you kind of briefly mentioned about Limerick, they're not at their best, and Galway aren't at their best. Is it is it better for Galway that they're coming in kind of slightly more under the radar? Because ever since 18, I suppose, we have considered Galway the team that would match up best with Limerick in terms of physicality and power like that, and you know, Limerick would have been really up for Galway in 18, obviously, not our final, but in 20 and, and last year as well as a a real team that could challenge them. Whereas they're coming under the radar this year. Would it suit Galway a small bit? Perhaps. Um, look, it's there's no way they're putting it. It is, it is going to be a huge ask. You look back on last year, I think the losing of the game was the first 10 minutes or so where Galan played, you know, holy hell. Like he, he had his hay bailed and brought home to the shed a couple of times over. He had the damage done. Now, Galway did tweak it and put up a fair battle. And, you know, there's moments here and there in the game. You look at, you put on the extreme maroon tinted glasses. You're wondering, is our Hawkeye point here and there? But, like, the reality is Limerick were, were too were too good on the day. And you can't allow a player like that. Like, I, was, I wasn't I was working that day. I was sat in the in just Lower Hogan. And, like, he just ran in that corner and ran amok. What did he finish up? Was it eight on the day overall? Got a few at the yeah, end as well. Just from Galway. We're, we're putting the squeeze on. So, like, that's straight away. You talk about Galway matching up well to Limerick. That's a, that's a scary proposition straight away. It's a scary proposition for anybody. But you look at the way the Galway defence is at the moment. That's that that's huge. What's what's is the is the is the forward break going to be perfect in in a way for for Limerick for you guys coming through? Who who knows? These are all the if buts and maybes. I suppose you've had a, a challenging enough time if you want to call it that of coming through and winning Munster like what a what a challenging year that with the league title as well uh, my heart bleeds for you <laughs> but uh, like maybe maybe they need another and I suppose look and the other big elephant in the room is Hannon isn't it like what, who, what's going to rejuggle that it's just I think to quote another sport um, Claudio Ranieri used to talk about Claude McAuley as that you know holder that number six in, in soccer as the battery in his in his watch that made everything tick. I suppose that the way Hannon is and like and obviously you've huge insane squad depth. That's a big blow as well. And I suppose that's the only tiny bit of concern you probably from a Limerick perspective. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. We don't know who's going to play there yet, but there's there's obviously options. But for for Galway, then you know they can only control what they can control. But um, I suppose it's very noticeable. Carl Mannion, the last day was. A kind of de facto sweeper. He kind of played more to the right of the Galway net, like, but he was kind of de facto sweeper. Do you imagine he's going to play that role again and try and cut out that supply ball to Galan, or will he go in on William O'Donoghue and try and upset him? Or, you know, yeah. there's a key decision there for Carl. 
It is. It's a huge run, and, and I go back to a, a Leinster final. I think it was Galway's first Leinster final, was it? Where it was Damien Hayes at the time went back and played a sweeper and ran ran amok. It caught Kilkenny on the hop the first day. It didn't work the second day. Can you really afford to play a sweeper against this Limerick side? I I don't know. The surprise element is is definitely gone as well. You throw that in, into the situation. I look. There's obviously going to have to be some sort of defensive cover. I, I spoke about. Galan and look, he's just one of one of many forwards there that need to be kept. I think it's that balancing act really between getting your matchups right, altering to play this absolute juggernaut, but not moving away from your principles and not hindering your own game as much. Because I think if you sit back against Limerick, they're just going to you're just going to puck it over Burns and and all the caveats are just going to put it over from from long distance. So you can't do that. It's a very interesting one because. You look at what Colin Mannion did, as he said, on the right, and there was that long diagonal ball into into Whelan for large periods of, of, of the game. And I suppose it had mixed impact. Look, obviously, Whelan's performance caught the, the light, particularly as the game went on. But there was large periods of that game as well where the ball was going in, but it was coming straight back out again. It was three versus one. It was almost one winnable, but unwinnable ball at, at times. It's a huge juggling act. And to be brutally honest, I just don't know if he's going to go sweep again. I... It's, it's I, if I you know put me on the on the spot I'd probably say no I think he will push up and try and squeeze Limerick higher up the pitch but uh, it's a huge decision isn't it? Yeah, and there's there's more decisions like that and and you you spoke about not going going away too much from what has got you to this point so far but you know last year Dahi Burke was the man with Kalan and he's done well in Ireland in, in the past and Aaron just said to our like last year but Dahi's gone out six now and Grow McInerney's back back in three you know. Who do you see as the man to take Galan, I suppose, is the question, or is it going to be multiple people? I think it has to be multiple people, but you de- look, he is a player that needs to be tagged, and if you want to watch the first 10 minutes of last year's game, you'll 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 know why the damage that he did, he put what was uh, not known respected, but that performance from Galway, you know, I think might have caught a lot of people on the on the hop. Um, maybe they gave Limerick a, a better game than many people expected last year. Look, he's just such a dangerous player. Like since he's come back in the scene again this year, it's it's really so hard to know what way you go with it. Like the three six switch with Die and GMAC, maybe it's it's definitely worked. I think there's an element of necessity as well. I think with the greatest respect, GMAC's legs are slowing down a tad. So I think being in a three is closer to home is suiting him a bit a bit more. At the same time, I don't think you can leave him on Galan. I think that's a recipe for disaster. He's too quick. He's too much pace. I talk about Galway not, you know, um, moving away from their principles and whatnot. But I, I think with Galan, you have to. It's almost the exception to rule. And uh, this is no in, it's information or anything. Like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if someone the likes of Park Mannion goes back and tags him. He has the pace. He has gone back into the cornerback position as more of a tagger in recent games as well. So. That's potentially one that I think may be an option as well, and it's probably not the worst matchup in, in the world. The only thing is, though, which you would say that is, I suppose to emphasise my earlier point, is it does take away a good bit from the attacking prowess of the half-back line. That's a huge balancing act, but you're against an absolute superstar yeah, and such a wizard in, in Galan that I think you do need to make an exception to the rule. So I wouldn't be surprised. Like It's a big ask. Or someone like you know Marcy, or, or someone like that, to, to try and, and, and tag him. He's that good of a player. We've seen huge better players struggle against Galan. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Park Manning goes back on him. And then at the other end of the field, obviously you have your own superstar, your own wizard in Connor Whelan. And I suppose since Joe left, 
the mental has really fallen on Connor and, and he's been brilliant this year. And and to be fair, I was in the Gaelic Crowns last, last or two weeks ago and he kind of plays in patches, but sometimes, sometimes he's unreal all game. But when he goes, like he can cause serious damage very quickly. And I would have said Sean Finn would have been the best man in the country to mark Connor Whelan. Obviously, that's not the case now. So from a Gaelic point of view, how important is it that, first of all, Conor Whelan has given the supply of ball, you know, to try and trouble Limerick and that he does fire and it's one of those days for Conor? Oh, it's absolutely imperative for, for the Galway to have any chance of it. Any chance of in the game in the game at all. Like, he is the player that makes Galway tick. There's no other way out of it. He is the go-to guy. Whatever sort of description you want to put on the word, he makes Galway tick. He, at times, he's almost like the one-man warrior up there. Uh, getting support for him is going to be crucial as well. But if Galway to have any chance at all, he has to be on song. And look, he has been. He was exceptional. He's been exceptional. I think he's... I, I can't understand a lot of the criticism that he's been getting at times. Was it a one-trick pony? It's not, not bad yeah. now, I'd, 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 I'd have to say. Um, he is key for Galway. And I suppose if you're... The, the, the flip side of that is, if you're if you're uh, Canarkin, you're Kylie and all the, the backroom staff, they are going to be going, not just how do we mark him, but how do we stop the supply coming in? Let's talk about Carl Mannion going a little bit deeper and getting good ball into him, or I suppose mixed ball into him at times, but there's, a, there's enough there for him to do damage. And he is that player that will fight one versus three or, or whatever. Um, and he's so good winning, winning that dirty ball. Um, he is so crucial to Galway and, and getting that right and getting him into space will if Galway to have any chance in the game at all is key. And yeah, a lot could decide from the Galway attacking perspective how that how that is managed on both ends, I guess. Yeah, he's some player. Matt, I'll throw it to you there for a second. Yeah, just Jonathan, just listening to you there, I I, I think you're doing an excellent job in playing down Galway's chances, which <laughs> I wouldn't agree totally with you at all. But um, look, there, there has been a narrative going on all this summer and while, during the duration of the championship about the difference um, in intensity and the, in between the Munster and Leinster championships. Where are you on that? Um. Oh, right. I, I've been lucky enough to have been down covering a lot of the Monster Championship games. They have been enthralling. There's no other way of putting it. And I think if you if you put the contest of the two side by side, look, I think it's it's very, I think it's even impossible to try and compare the two at times. You don't have the Deadwood with the greatest respect that you do have in, in Leinster. Um, maybe aside from the Leinster final, was there a good comparative game in Leinster? <laughs> It's hard, to, it's hard to think back. I can think of four or five games at the top of my head straight away that were absolutely enthralling in the Munster Championship. Maybe that's to the detriment of, of some of the, t- the the teams by the time they come out, they're they're half jaded or they've gone through the, the, the ringer a lot more. It's very hard to compare the two, I think, on, on a whole. But I think, look, I think the top of Leinster and the top of Munster are probably side by side. It's just the overall quality um, that you have in the Munster Championship is night and day compared to what you have in the in the Leinster Championship. And look, I think the the volume of games and the volume of quality games, like that Clare Limerick game, was insane at the start of the year. Um, oh God, you know Clare Waterford was in trolling for for many other aspects, maybe off the pitch as well, but it, it added a different aura. So many games were in trolling. The Munster final was in trolling. Um, there's just you have so many teams, and I think. Also, as well as uh, the flip side of what we kind of described there, with the the quality or the the more the more uh, of a competitive nature in terms of the spread of counties in Munster, it means the teams have to peak a little bit earlier. I think, I think Galway and Kilkenny 
again with the greatest respect can probably alter their training load a little bit so they don't need to peak as early in the year and maybe those performances then are are, are that you're seeing are kind of abated by a lot of running in the legs um that maybe the players are a, a little bit under the weather and from a fitness perspective whereas in Munster you don't have that luxury you have to go flat to the mat straight away so I think that distorts it as well but um what are we two and two it, uh, overall I think uh, maybe there's an argument to be made that the likes of Cork for instance com- coming out or not getting a, the same opportunity they might have had a Leinster but look it, look it adds to the spectacle I think Leinster is in a, is a sticky spot and I don't think it's helped either by the, the structure without going too deep in it the fact that you have the Joe McDonough teams coming in for a trim and then and you compare then what you have you've witnessed prior to that look that's probably a different conversation but I suppose in a long-winded way the, the competitive nature on, an, on a start straight away but I think hopefully we'll see that the top of the top is hopefully on a, a competitive edge and hopefully we'll see that over the weekend's games. Now, I know and uh, it's universally agreed that, that, that the Galway-Tipperary game was a very, very poor game. But in the context of Galway's season, how important was it to dust down after the disappointment of the Leinster final? Um, I, I thought it was, it was a tremendous um, turnaround on the part of Galway because it, it, it's not just losing the Leinster final, but the circumstances of losing the Leinster final must be absolutely morale-shattering. Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's enough words in the dictionary to describe just how soul-destroying that was. And I think the players are probably still not over it. Um, how can you get over a situation like that? It's at your grasp. You've you've got the right end of an absolute helter-stelter game and then to lose it in that manner is just cruel beyond cruel. You are right, though. I think had had Galway lost A and be out of the championship the next time around, it would have been soul-destroying. But to lose it to Tipperary as well and the local rivalry and everything that goes with that as well would have just made it a, I was about to say a long winter. We're still a, still a bit to go. I'm still in the old calendar mindset. But it would have been, there would have been a lot of question marks asked of where go we are at the moment, where they are under Helen Shefflin at the moment. But the one thing that Shefflin has instilled in the Galway side is that bit of bite, that bit of character. And unfortunately, we've had to see it a couple of times around this year in the fact that, you know, had such a horror show against Dublin, but came back. Uh, had such a horror show in the, the end of the Leinster final, but came back. So that he has installed that bit of grace from that never say die attitude. I suppose maybe akin to his um, Kikenny days, and you have seen little flashes of that where Tipperary had moments in the game and Galway responded uh, quickly, just like the, his great Kikenny teams that he played on did. So there is an element of that being rubbed off and. People ask about the impact that he has made in the setup, and that's a very tangible thing straight away. But we're going to need that more bucket and bucket and bucket loads at the weekend. Limerick have had a four week break, and um, it proved in the past, it proved to be a bit of a poison chalice for teams that, um, you know, um, the teams that were active, um, you know, seem to make hay sort of on it. But possibly. Um, the, the, the four-week break for Limerick on this occasion might be welcome in so far as that we knew from early on after the Clare game that, that Declan Hannon was, was going to be out. And um, I, I suppose it gave John Kiley and and um, Paul Kinnert that extra, extra one or two weeks that were necessary probably to regroup because um, it's going to be a reshaped defence from the defence that you faced last year, Jonathan. 
Um, like if you have a yeah. four-time all-star like um, Sean Finn and if, if you're the most successful captain in the history of the game missing from the defence it, it you know it, it, it's a big big blow but it certainly has given them that extra window of opportunity um, sort of to get their ducks in order Yeah no, I know I agree fully with you there and um, look everyone's rightly talked about the strength in Limerick's squad and all that but you are taking two superstars out there and I think Hanan is more than just his hurling ability. It's the leadership. It's everything that he gives. Like he's redefined that role, um, and he has been the glue of that side. Maybe he doesn't get the. That's my bit. He might be one of these players who realise how people will realise just how good he is when, when he's not there as well. Like he has been the constant throughout. Finn is such a colossal loss as well. Um, but if there's any, if there's any set of management, I would trust to get a, a rejuggle and get a tactical shape. Uh, right in that period of time, and you're right. right. It would have been because it would have been a lot more difficult had it been a you know a week turnaround or even a two week turnaround. The fact that they've had the four, and I think I read something during the week where Kylie said, "Look, this is what we're used to now. This four week turnaround, we, we know how to get things right." But it, look, it is. What was it? I was trying to think back. There was it in the league game down in Parky Cueve in the league final against Kilkenny. He put Morrissey back. Correct me, you guys. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think went back and kind of filled that hole. Will he do something similar again, or will they have another? Bit of tactical now, so we've seen Canark come out with the tactics board in the water break days and and make a tweak from the sideline. So I've no doubt he will have plenty of time to to rejuggle and and uh, with that week and as he said ample opportunity on the training ground as well. But um, yeah, no, they're certainly two big blows. But if there's anyone I trust to try and try and rejiggle it, it's those two boys. Over the years, um, Galway um, have have become famous, are notorious if you're trying to play play against them or facing them for this one big game in the year. I remember it as far back as 1975 when they overturned Cork on a very wet day in the All Ireland semi final. But it seems to be a constant with Galway, and I'm I'm convinced anyway. I saw a lot of the Galway games this year, well on television, but I I don't think we've seen the big game yet this year. Well, from a room um, point of view, let's hope that that is the case. Uh, look, all we are going to need that special day. They're going to need all of that in abundance. Um, it will take something special uh, to, to overturn this juggernaut. Uh, maybe someone said to me in, in the past, and it's like, if you've any chance with Limerick, it's in the semi-final because you won't beat them in the final. Look, I think that's here, there, uh, 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 sort of conversation. Look, all we need something special. It's... And it's not the Kerry Yaras and whatever you want to put with it. It would need for pretty much everything to go right from a Galway perspective to try and get over the line. But look, are they capable of, of giving it a right go battle? Do I trust they'll give it a right go battle? Absolutely. Uh, it's just, it will be a step up, or maybe even a staircase up from what we've seen from Galway to date. And particularly, you talked about the temporary performance in terms of the spirit, in terms of the character, in terms of getting them. But look, they were ex- extremely wasteful that that day. Tip were quite poor. You got to throw in those caveats as well. If Galway play like they did against Tip, forget about it. Uh, maybe elements of the Leinster final will be enough, but it's still rebuilding. And there is, there's the moments of the Dublin game that I keep going back to as well, which were were horror stories. So they will need that big performance, and that's that's the hope in Galway that there is that one big bash. But look, it is look sport. We talked about, you know, have been these situations where something crazy can happen. But look, we really are going to need everything to be right. And uh, but look, Galway will go up and. and the, they give it a right good lash and look from a neutral perspective wouldn't be great if it's just an absolute humdinger and, and they go out at hammer tongs and uh, let's see where it goes after that. Yeah. Final one from me, Jonathan. 
the, res uh, the strengths of the respective benches and um, you, you referenced Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Flynn off air there before we, 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 we came on air. Um, how important is it going to be again on Sunday? Because it, it, uh, in my view, this is going to be a humdinger. Let's hope so. Yeah, no, absolutely is. It has the potential there if, if both teams go at it, and I'm, I'm sure they will. Yeah, Jay O'Flynn is a, is a huge, huge loss. Um, uh, he had been, you know, be quite effective off the bench, and that is, you see, Shefflin isn't afraid to go to his bench, and you just look back to the last couple of games where there's been big impacts, like back, that Dublin game, I think Jack Grealish, or Grealish came off the bench and had, had a big impact, and you've seen a lot of that, of course, you know, more than yourselves as well, with the impact of the bench, because it is, you are hammering throngs for 30, 40 minutes maybe, and then you need... 20 minutes from someone else to keep the tempo going like the it's going to be a big wide open crow park all the cliches in the world but it is energy sapping it'll be emotive um so they will need to impact other events so that's but that is a huge huge loss for, for galway um we're seeing glennon as another player that's been kind of in and out of starting slash coming off the bench and, and having an impact um connor cooney is probably going to another player that's going to, going to need a, bit, a big impact off, off the bench as well but yeah, no, Joe. It's just just unfortunate. He he was right back there, you know. Such a good person around the camp then as well. Has a danger. Um, gives you that bit of I suppose un unexpected brilliance uh, and star power up, up front. But yeah, no, it's a huge loss, and uh, we'll have to look look at other options. But let's listen to an interview that Henry Shefflin didn't go away there um, last night, and he just talked about it. And it's classic Henry. Now it's an opportunity for someone else, whether it be on the team or. Into, into the match day squad as well. So that's the case that has to be, unfortunately, a tolerable sport. But benches are going to have a big, big impact in the game here. Yeah, I think they will. And it's hard to see whose bench is better on paper. But a couple of ones before we finish up, Jonathan. Um, the record in Crow Park for Galway hasn't hasn't been very kind to you since winning the All-Ireland in 2017. Is that is that a thing like or is that just coincidence? Uh, it's probably just reflective of the the team in the, in the last uh, couple of years more more than anything. There's been, I think, in that, um, there's been a couple of like last year, for instance, at the Leinster final, which was just a bit of a horror show. Just the team didn't show up at all. <sighs> this year's they did and, and got stung as we've we've spoken about it a bit. But I don't think it'll have much of an impact. No, I think it's uh, it's a new game in terms of that. And look, obviously, it's nice to have a good record in that, but I don't see it having too much of of an impact on proceedings of someone more than the quality of the opposition is going to be. And yeah. who, gets, who gets those all-important matchups right, I think. Yeah, and on that question as well, obviously, Bush Limerick all the way in the last two games in Crow Park in 2020 and 2022. Does that give Galway confidence that they can push Limerick all the way? Or is it more demoralising that they did push them all the way and couldn't get over the line? Probably classic glass half full, half empty sort of scenario. Henry Shefflin will be instilling into them that it is half full. Look what you've done! Look what you've done! I no doubt he's he's going to say something like along the lines of, "Look, you can't give a head start like all we did to Limerick because it took a," and that's the case. Unfortunately, it seems like a, a common trend with Galway at times is they seem to allow an opposition to get a head start and and then go and then go to try and claw back. I've seen that multiple times this year alone. You can't do that against someone as good as Limerick. But I, look, he will be taking huge strides and and huge bits of encouragement from from those performances and uh, I don't think there'll be certainly there'll be a lot of respect uh, for the quality side that Lemick are but I don't think there'll be any you know 
any bit of fear there, they'll 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 be going out fully focused on, on trying to get a famous win, no matter how difficult it seems from right here, right now. Yeah, and lastly for me, why why can Galway win this game? I think I go. You go back to the last year's game again. They they did so much right. I think maybe is there a, not fear? That's too strong of a word. But there is a, there's definitely good respect between the two sides. And I'm sure I talked about um, Henry Shefflin and his management. Uh, you know, talking about their team talk. I think John Kiley's and the and and all his management side as well will be will be saying as well. Like they'll be. Uh, they know Galway on their day have that big performance in them, Matt, as you, as you described. They've. They've been like, they've been close games over the years. There've been a lot of good battles. You guys obviously have the the stronger record in in recent years, but look, then all there's certainly been contests throughout, and uh, I don't think John Kiley is going to be need second reminding of, of that. But look, if Galway can get a click, if they can if they can take so much from last year's performance, and maybe just make a couple of tweaks here and there, and most importantly, get Conor, Conor Whelan into the game and get good ball into him. And getting people off him, uh, it's going to be one of those performances where you need everything pretty much to go right. But it's not impossible. But look, I'm not just saying that you have to, you have to respect the quality of the opposition. But look, I think it has the potential to be a right good game, and I think it is maybe like last year, just going to be decided on, on small margins. And will Galway win? It's a real head heart head heart moment. I, I won't lie, obviously. You put the maroon jersey on, the glasses and the works, and you're like, yeah, of course. Um, they have the potential, but it, it, it's obviously in there. We're there in hope. We obviously, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be absolutely amazing to do. My cold heart, cold heart, and take taking a step back says a, a close Limerick victory, but um, let, let's hope I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope you're, let's hope you're right. <laughs> and uh, I suppose yeah. finally... If whoever comes through on Saturday, who who do you think they'll play in the final? Oh, I I'm intrigued by the, the, this game. I have to say, uh, I've seen a lot of Clare this year. They've been a, a phenomenal team to watch in full flow. I think they've a manager. I talked about Chefflin and and Kylie, but in Lohan, you have a manager that the players would go through a break roll and come back to the other side and go through it again for him. He is an inspirational leader. He is just... I, I, I couldn't fathom some of the uh, criticism that he's been getting over over the years, but he is just a warrior of a manager. I think it's incredible what he's done with that side. Um, I think Dublin, though, would give Limerick a lot of their homework in terms of maybe potential exposure. You go back to that that game for 20 minutes or so there was a, a period there where Kenny made a lot of damage or, or sorry Dublin made a lot of damage with long ball in on top of the clear back a full back line and they didn't really have an answer for it I think that's Kenny are going to go straight for so much will determine really on, on the clear injuries we talk about injuries in this game but it is that time of year where a key personnel John Conlon what's he like after the headbang seems to be coming back will he bit full Full strength, Connor clearly ha- clearly has been a huge, huge loss. I know Lone went on that last day, and you know it was a difficult ask first game of the of the year, really of the of the championship. I know he got a lot of positive, uh, I suppose, um, praise and whatnot, but I I thought there was a period there where he looked raw and exposed. And again, if I'm Kikenny, if he's playing, that's what you're probably going to try and expose McInerney as well. How fit he is he? Is he? Kikenny have injuries of their of their own. If um, but I think this is another one that could be a right. I mean, I absolutely can't wait. This should be an absolute humdinger as well. And Claire have so much 
um, to make up for from last year as well. So, but I would edge towards Clare if they can get things right in terms of the injuries. I think I think we're looking at potentially another monster final in the in the All Ireland final, and uh, what a game that would be as well if it turns out that way. But two in troll and semi finals, uh, unusual that we're the same pairing as last year again. But um, yeah, no, we're set for an absolute feast this weekend. I think. Yeah, it should be it should be a brilliant weekend again in Crow Park. Uh, Jonathan, thank you very much for pleasure. your time there. Um, I can't say I hope your team wins the weekend. <laughs> uh, I hope it's a good game. And, the feeling is mutual, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's a good game and it's it's good for the neutrals because it's certainly, I can't imagine it's going to be too enjoyable for people that no, are the, the, the ticker, in one corner. The, but, ticker uh, rates, the ticker rates could be, it could be a bit of a scramble. But yeah, look, if it's a classic, um, that's half the battle, isn't it? Yeah, look, hopefully, made a better team come out on top and made that better team be the defending All Ireland <laughs> champions from our point of view. You've won enough. You've won enough. Thank you very much for coming Thanks, on. Thank and you, Jonathan. And we'll talk to you again soon. And maybe we'll see you in Grove Park. Mind yourself. <laughs> Take care. Good Thank luck, you. Now, Jonathan Higgins joining us there to give us the view from Galway Matt, and Very generous to, to Limerick, he was. Very much so. Well, of course, playing down Galway's chances, playing the old soldier, Jack. So, like, we played a small bit of it back as well, you must remember. And um, we yeah. didn't let it go with him in that regard. So, you, it's something you tend to do, you know, because um, in case you, 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 you'd have a copious amount of egg in your face after the game. So, yeah, but yeah. I... I I, I'm I'm of the opinion, and I, I've said to you right from the start when we when we previewed the championship that I feared Galway uh, and and Tipperary. Now um, I I still fear Galway. I'm totally totally disregarding um, Galway's performance against Tipperary because I'm reading into the background of it, Jack. You know, had had we suffered the 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 kind of a loss in the monster final had Claire got a goal with the literally the last puck, you know you just can't put yourself in your in that position and wonder what type of a mindset you'd be in the next day you'd go out. So I I, I thought it was a remarkable recovery, um, uh, by Galway to turn it around and make 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 Tipperary look very very make make Tipperary look very very ordinary, Jack. And and um, I I thought in the circumstances that Tipperary would win it, if you recall, if you go back, and um, but no, Galway dug it out, and I think it it could be a huge huge game in Galway season. That's what uh, that's what that that's what I fear. It could be a major turning point for them because no matter looking through the Leinster Championship, apart from the Leinster Final, Jack. They ambled through it. They ambled through it. And that, that is no disrespect to the weaker teams that are in Leinster. And that, that there are some weak teams in Leinster. So, um, And I, I was just looking back at it in the context of the game on Sunday during the week and some of the scores they put up against Westmeath and, and, um, and Antrim and particularly the paucity of the um, the challenge that was put on, you, you just wonder what the value of it is for Galway on one hand, or we'll say Kilkenny, but above all for the teams that were on the receiving end of it. Now, all right, people will be very quick to point out, look, uh, Westmead went down to Wexford Park and won. But um, I, I, I still think that there's a disparity between the Munster and Leinster Championships. And... Um, 
it 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 is um, in the Leinster Championship. It's all about just getting into that top three and then peaking. So yeah. um yeah, I I I I feel that the victory over Tipperary by Galway was very, very significant and we should read into it. No oh, yeah. we... not notwithstanding the poor game that it was. Yeah, it was a brute it was a brutal game, but I mean those games yeah. are there too. Any game that has a final in it, quarter, semi final itself, they're there to you one, regardless. Mm-hmm. Of how you come through it, and look, Limerick, Limerick haven't shot the lights out. Maybe in three or four months we can look back and say, God, Clare were Clare were an All Ireland winning team, Cork were an All Ireland winning team, but Limerick still managed to get the job done. Hindsight could prove very favourable towards Limerick at at the end of the, the season, but they haven't been the Limerick we've known. Whether that's the other teams coming up to them or Limerick regressing a small bit, I think that's that's fair to say. But you know. In Crow Park, they've kind of saved. They've saved their best for Crow Park in in the last few years. Like the two all, the three all Ireland final wins. Really, like they were really good performances. Waterford in the semi final in twenty one, even Galway the two years. Like they were really good Galway teams. So you'd be thinking the four week break and playing the wide open Crow Park. It does seem to suit Limerick. Yeah, well, Crow Park has suddenly gone from being a graveyard for Limerick to being a happy hunting ground. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think the four-week break was never more wanted than the, on this occasion because of the circumstances, as I pointed out there to Jonathan Higgins, uh, about the, the, the circumstances surrounding um, uh, Declan Hannan. And it has given John Kiley and Paul Kinnerk, um it, it, has given, it has given them that extra couple of weeks to get their ducks in order and to... You know, to try out and see what what option will they come up with. Now, um, the, the longer it goes on, uh, the greater myriad of op- of options that 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 are um, that are going on. Like it 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 has convulsed the, the it has discourse since it was announced that Declan Hannan will will will, will be absent um, as to who will be wearing the, the 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 prime number six jersey, but. It's a point I've made quite often, Jack. And Jonathan Higgins made the point about Declan Hannon. Like Declan Hannon's hurling is only one thing. His leadership, Jack, is absolutely immense. And I'm absolutely convinced, and it's now four years on, had Declan Hannon been on the field in the 2019, for the duration of the 2019 All-Ireland semi-final, We'd be talking about a different narrative now. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. You know, he's been so important and he's been so available. I think when the lad said one day train availability is the best ability someone can have, and Declan's only missed one game. Um, I think since he made it, since he he finished his leaving cert, so that'll tell you a lot. But you know, we've we've spoken depth. We've known three weeks now that Declan wasn't going to make it. You know, we've all had our say. We're only. Three days out from the game now, as you record, on Wednesday, the fifth of July. Who who do you think will be number six? Oh, Jack! Um, every day I've got up for the last week, I've come up with a different with a different <laughs> one. Um, I, I find it, I, you know, I, I think possibly Dan Morrissey, Mike Casey, fullback, and Richie English coming in in the corner. Yeah, because. Jonathan did mention that league final against Kilkenny 
and Declan didn't play and Dan was number six. But at the same time, Kyle didn't play the same day either. So, you know, and Kyle did go to six uh, at the end of the Munster final, you know. So I'd be edging towards Kyle, to be honest, at six um, because you're looking at bringing in a rookie corner back then if Mike or if Richie goes down, you know, I think... Colin Coughlin has kind of bed his way in now the last few days. He's got two appearances under his belt. He obviously played in 21 all Ireland final. So he has experience. Whereas if you start Richie, your next man in the corner would be probably Aaron Costello, Fergal O'Connor, or maybe Ronan Connolly. And none of them have made a championship appearance yet. So are you... You're, take, you're probably taking a risk whatever way you go because we're not used to playing without Declan. You are, but I, 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 I've had... I've, would you believe Nicky Quaid has been mentioned in dispatches? Yeah. <laughs> like what I've been hearing going around the county has been I've had Nicky Quaid, I've had Willem O'Donoghue, I've had Darrow Donovan, I've had David Reedy, I've had Keen Lynch. I'm I'm waiting for somebody to tell me to be Alan Galan. <laughs> I tell you one one fella. And very surprisingly, like I haven't heard anyone say David Burns go in there, you know, and Dara plays centre back. For Patrick Swell, but he's so good at five that he can't go in there. Like I know Kyle is so good at seven, but it's interesting. Some fellas haven't been mentioned at all. Grod Hegarty's yeah. another one. He plays there for for Pats. He he. Oh yeah, he, he's been mentioned as well. Yeah, he's been mentioned as well. But but um, I look, I, I I'm coming down. I'm I'm just saying on the balance of probability, probably Dan Morrissey. Just over what you what your solution is of, of Kyle Hayes and, and Colin Coughlin. I've I've the utmost regard for Colin Coughlin as a player and I, I think he's an excellent an excellent player, big strong man as well, you know. Um Jack, it's probably in, in, in John Kiley's seven year um tenure at the top of Limerick Hurling, um it, it's it is probably probably his biggest call and himself and Paul Kinner put um, as I've said here at the moment, uh, many times in the past, Jack, I trust them to come up with the right decision. Yeah, and I mean, who would have thought Barry Nash going into the corner would have turned out like it did, you know, moving Kyle back, moving Keane to 11, Dan fullback. There's been, you know, even Aaron Glenn burst on the scene as a wing forward, like, and he's become the best yeah. inside man in the game. So, yeah, that yeah. we're we're trusting in the right fellas, I, I, I think, Matt. Um I asked Jonathan about Conor Whelan, but what's what's your read on Conor Whelan? Well, you know my read on Conor Whelan. We've had it ad nauseum here in this this podcast. He's one of the players that I rate one of the highest. Uh, there's few players I rate higher than him in the country. I think he's an absolutely fabulous player. Um, and he was going through a tough period now there at, at the beginning of the year through the league and in one or two of the early rounds of the championship. But... I had the utmost belief that Conor Whelan was going to be a crucial player for Galway before this year's, before the destination of this year's Liam McCarthy was decided. And um, yeah, it, it's absolutely huge and um, terrible important as to who will pick him up for for for, um, for Limerick on Sunday. Um, will it be Barry Nash? Um, I I think it probably will. Um, um, uh, normally, you you would say that it would be Sean Finn if Sean if Sean was playing, but I think it will probably be Barry Nash. But just as it, as it is as important for Galway as to who picks up um, Angelan from a Limerick point of view, it's it's just as important also as to who will pick up Conor Whelan. 
Um, 100%. Like, uh, you know, absolutely two, two stellar um, uh, stars that are hurling stars that can, you know, potential match winners bottom. Yeah, like, to me, another reason I want to put Kyle in at six is I'd like to see Dan Morrissey um, on Connor Whelan because I think physically he matched up very well with him. He's probably not as quick as Connor Whelan off, off the mark. But I think Dan has, anyone he's ever marked at fullback, he's got the better of, and sometimes very comfortably. So I think he's the next best option. And I think if, if it's not Dan, I would like to see my Casey take him because I don't want, you don't want to lose Barry Nash's attacking output, you know, that he's so key for back there. But as you said, like, you know, they have options and they'll be, they have the four weeks to try all these things and, you, and you'll be back in Limerick to, to get them right. But at the other end of the field, you know, there's been a lot of change in, in that forward unit. You know, do you think will Keen Lynch will start? Will Colin Neal start? Will Graham O'Cahey and Dave Reedy be named from the start? Because in my view, Tom Morrissey at wing forward, Aaron in the corner and Seamus Flanagan are 100% nailed on. But outside of that, there is room for manoeuvre in the Limerick forward line. Yeah, but the road after them once the final has to be nailed on, Jack. And and yeah. and 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 Garod's propensity to to save his best for Croke Park. Has has he ever played a poor game in Croke Park? He was quiet against Galway this time last year, but then what yeah. he replied with in the final, you know, was made up for it you know ten times over. So um, um, I, 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 I think uh, the road is nailed on, but it's 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 a big big choice after that. But it, 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 in some ways, Jack, it it depends on who will be named centre back. <laughs> were one of the midfield were one of the midfielders to be called back to centre back, that would open an opportunity for Keane Lynch to come in at midfield, maybe. Or Dave, you Reedy. know, or you Dave know, Reedy. He came on against Galway midfield last year and got three points. You know, he turned yeah. the game himself in midfield. David Reedy had a very, very good game in the Munster final, Jack. He, yeah, 11. He was a huge influence in the second half, created the goal, everything, you know. I I, 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 um, I, I think it would be very, very hard to drop drop David Reedy. Um, Graham Mulcahy, whether he has started or he has come on from the bench, has made a huge impact this year, yeah. without exception. I suppose at the end of the day, you know, my answer, I suppose, is I do not know. And not you do not know. And the only two that know are probably, are, well, I suppose the, the, the management team know. But um, it's it's a very, very happy place to be in. Like that, there is strength and depth, um, um, particularly in the, in, in the attacking sense now. Um, and... Plus, you have Conor Boylan also there to come off the bench, who has never left the side down. Um, yeah, Adam, Adam English. Adam English, you know, we saw we saw his cameo appearance in the Munster final. So, um, and we didn't mention Shane O'Brien at all. Yeah, you know. So, uh, um, yeah, I, I I really don't know, and and um, as I said to you, I said to you a number of times in the past, it's above my pay scale to. To pick the team now. Oh yeah. Well, I I'd, I'd have growth going forward every day of the week. I'm just saying, those other three lads I named, um, Galan, Flanagan, and Marcy have been really good all year, and and their shoe-ins. 
you know, Grode has probably been a bit patchy um, and Keane has obviously injured. But it, like in their, if they're fit, you start Keane and Grode every day of the week and then you, you shuffle things around as need be. But you could see Keane in midfield, you know, it's it's not the end. It's not, we haven't, we I haven't mentioned Donovan. Peter Casey. We haven't yeah. mentioned Peter Casey. Yeah, there's, there's so and, many players. And John Kiley did make a point. John Kiley did make a point. Was it after the court game? Um, when he was questioned about um, um, about his starting fifteen, and he did reference that um, it it was how he had seen players in training, and uh, that that's the unseen thing that we don't know. You know who, who's really hitting the ground in training for the last four weeks. So uh, that that will obviously be a consideration. Yeah, there's there's a lot of choices there to make, but the, the right men are going to make them. Um, I asked Jonathan. Uh, would you know why why can Galway win? Why why will Limerick win, Matt? Their experience, Jack. Their, their experience in, in award, their experience and their ability, Jack, to dig out close games. And we yeah. we've seen classical examples of it this year. Um they were under the cosh against Waterford. They dug it out. They were under they lost to Clare. Um, they were under pressure, almost dug it out. That Seamus Flanagan goal came maybe two minutes too late. They'd probably have dug it out had had it come 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 a bit earlier. Dug out a good draw against T- Tipperary. Dug it out against Cork. Dug it out in the Munster final. This is going to be tight. Limerick had the masters of digging it out, and I think that that might decide it. Yeah, and you know you, you see these great teams that when they're not performing. They get the job done. And it's a real soccer thing for me that they a one nil win in soccer. Like the champions always, you know, get those wins. And Limerick, a one point win in Ireland is the equivalent, although it's a lot it's a lot tighter in Ireland one point than a goal in soccer. But I do agree with you there fully that they have this know how and it, and it's built you can't just have it. It's built through experience. And Limerick are are the masters in Ireland at the moment and they know how to beat Galway. And that's why I said it to Jonathan. Is that a confidence thing for Galway or is it demoralising that they've pushed him so close but couldn't get the win because it's all about winning in semi-finals, Matt? Um, so we're both going for a Limerick win, but only just. Only just, yeah. Yeah. And the following day then, Matt, Clare versus Kilkenny? Um, I'm going for Kilkenny. Why? Again, the experience of Croke Park, and um, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm sort of discounting last year's game, but um, an awful lot for Clare will hinge on the availability of or otherwise of Connor Cleary and and John Conlon. Yeah, were one or two of those to be absent, it has to be Kilkenny, I think. Yeah, and I I I still think Kilkenny will win, and I haven't really. I haven't gone from that. I thought they'd win Leinster. I thought they'd get back to the Ireland final. I thought it was going to be Limerick and Kilkenny. And I just think they're going under the radar completely because Limerick are, are so dominant. But I mean, they've won four four Leinsters in a row. And say what you want about the, the Leinster round robin because there are weak teams. But they still have had to beat Galway um, or Dublin or Wexford in the final in four successive years. You know, And they got the league final. They have a good squad there. Like Clare are going well, and they're Clare are probably better than last year. But I still think there's Kilkenny are, are too strong for them. Now, 
<laughs> yeah, clear a lot of ground to make up from last year. But you, you, you're saying they're coming under the radar. We're probably, you know, engrossed in our, our, our little bubble here of, 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 of Limerick's great run and probably semi are fully oblivious to what's happening um, elsewhere in the hurling world. But yes, Kilkenny are trotting along nicely and um, um, it suits them absolutely to perfection where um, we have seen the constant narrative about, about, about Limerick and um, we, we, we first of all saw like that, you know, um, the, the story started with Limerick were being unbeatable and then it moved on to Limerick's discipline and all that, all that hogwash, you know, um, uh, but yes, Kilkenny, Kilkenny are, are moving, um, more than ambling along now at this stage. Um, it was typical Kilkenny to the, way, the manner in which they dug out the Leinster final win. Absolutely, that was classical Kilkenny, and um, kept going until and fought till the final ball, and the final ball came trump. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm sharing it for Kilkenny. It's it's going to be tight again, Jack. Um, at, uh, Claire will really, really put it up to him, but uh, I, I, I have a sense that Kilkenny will prevail again. Uh, Kilkenny's experience in Croke Park, and um, you know, an experience of Croke Park is a terrible, important thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 it was something um, that possibly hindered Limerick, te Limerick teams in the past um, um, when it, when it was our graveyard, but. By God, now have we made up for it in recent years? Kilkenny always have experience of Croke Park, Jack. They have, you know, a Leinster final without Kilkenny is like Hamlet without the Prince. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sharing it towards Kilkenny. Yeah, I'm, I'm envisaging another Limerick Kilkenny All Ireland final. Um, yeah. Tight game on Saturday, tight game on Sunday. But I just think, as you said, experience will prevail. Um, we might come back to the hurling just at the very end, Matt, but I think an hour there on Limerick versus Galway is enough to whet the appetite if you need it anymore because it's just such a mouth-watering game and there are so many narratives to go through. But we'll leave it there for the time being, Matt, and we'll move into Camogie. And I suppose starting with the senior side, it hasn't all been positive this year, Matt, but they certainly saved their best for last at the weekend. 515 to 5 winners over Offaly in Banagher to secure their status for senior for next year. A second win over Offaly this year to secure status. First of all, it was the league, then it was championship. It's a pity it came when it came, Matt, in a way that it didn't come at the start of the season and could have been the launch pad. But at the end of the day, those players showed the what they're about, first of all, and their capabilities and Hopefully, with with the players coming through, and we have a junior quarterfinal this weekend against Roscommon, that it can it can be the launch pad for twenty twenty four. I I honestly believe it will, Jack. And I made a, a point here last week. Now I've seen the girls a couple of times this year, uh, including the game against Waterford. And um, I made the point to you last week that in the context of looking forward to the Offaly game. That I thought that the final scoreline of what was it, 219 to 11 points against Waterford, was not reflective of the, the level of performance that Limerick put in on that day because I thought all over the pitch that day I saw a lot of green shoots. Um, and um, uh, for that reason, I was pretty confident, but you can never be confident in what, you know, is a sudden death kind of thing um, um, game. Um, 
pretty confident that 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 they would get over Offaly, and I had seen I had seen the previous encounter between themselves and Offaly in McNeville Park, and whilst they shared it at that day, I I thought that Limerick put up a better performance in the Munster Championship against Clare. I thought it, it was a measurably better performance, and it was obviously. Um, it, it, it was a measurably better performance in Port Glenone against Antrim, which only just came up short. And this was against an Antrim team who, who, who gave Limerick a bit of a chastening in the league in McNeville Park, you must remember. And um, I saw it in the flesh anyway against Waterford, and I, I honestly thought that it, the, the, there were there were a lot of good things, Jack, and that, 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 that um, you know, there, there were a lot of positives that I saw out there, and um, it 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 it, it, it augured well. I thought for going to Offaly, and you were there yourself um, with the girls' lunch um, with the Woodlands House on 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 Monday night, and just talking to a number of the girls, I felt there was there was an air of confidence about them that you know they were going there to get the job done, and you know they were prepared to put their bodies on the line and let you know let everything on on Banner to survive and and. Um, um, you know, I'm I'm not surprised, Jack. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised at the scoreline. I'm surprised at the margin, but I'm, I'm certainly not surprised that Limerick survived. I was pretty confident um, that 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 it would bring down the curtain on Limerick season on a positive note. Yeah, certainly positive note. Uh, and this Saturday in Clain, Clain Roscommon in, in the junior quarter final, a good win over Mayo. To get there, and David Deedy's side were up at the, the Woodlands as well. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, you know, there's a lot of those young players coming through now and starting to make their mark on, on that junior team. And it's one you can be confident for. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident. And just as a matter of interest, uh, there's an old friend of Limerick's, the coach to Ross Common, um, a certain um, Galway referee called Liam Gordon. Um, oh. is, is 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 the Ross Common coach, but um, 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 yeah, I I I'm pretty confident, Jack, that 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 David Didi's side will make it to the will make it to the semi final. Um, they 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 had a good win over Offaly, a big win over Offaly in the first round down in Capamore. Um, they didn't have to go to the Athletic Grounds in Armagh. Now Armagh are favourites to win out the the Junior Championship. But then again, Armagh have been favourites for the last three or four years, and that's why they're still playing junior, and they haven't delivered. And then you had a tricky make-or-break trip to um, Turin to play Mayo, and which which they got over the line pretty comfortably there. So I I would be expecting that they like Roscommon, um, they've got two wins in 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 the in the league, and they got two wins in the in, in the group stage of of, of in their group. Um, I think against Louth and and uh, against Tyrone, but um, um, I, I'd be pretty confident that David David Tidy's side would would, would would get over the line. David has done a fantastic job, Jack. Um, first of all, in assembling his squad and and tweaking his squad along the line, um, bringing players, extra players in who've made an impact, and of course the influx of players from the minor team, um, um, who, who who were beaten in the All Ireland under sixteen. A shield final, um, you know, was was a, was a major boost. Four or five of those have have come in and have 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 done the job for him. So, yeah, I'm pretty hopeful, Jack, that we this this day week we'll be talking about Limerick in an All Ireland semi final. Yeah, hopefully talking about it in the semi final one 
for the hurlers and a semi-final. Let's look forward to for the junior Kamogi side. Touching them briefly there, Matt, and uh, that night in the Woodlands, um, organised, obviously, by the brilliant Fitzgerald family that continued their sponsorship of the ladies footballers and Camogie team. But also then the ties in somewhat with the letter released yesterday by the GPA promoting that United for Equality campaign that the women in sport, I suppose, are running. And it's just really important and really good to see that their male counterparts got behind this. And, you know, the, the, the least that these players deserve is to get just a bit of expenses and recognition and just fair treatment, you know, for the work they do in promoting sport in their county and the dedication they give to their counties. And first of all, it was lovely to see all those players in the Woodlands together and being honoured. And then obviously the brilliant Mary Fitzgerald um, led a talk, I suppose, with Kieran Neville and Eva Sheehan. And, you know, it was good to see all the players there. And then the GPA's announcement yesterday, another step in the right direction. Oh yeah, Jack. Absolutely, I I I I was delighted. It was it was an open letter from the sixty-eight inter-county senior captains. You probably wonder where are we getting sixty-eight? Where are we getting them? Um, uh, are we gone from thirty-two to thirty-four counties? But um, um, <coughs> but that that would include the captain of Warwickshire and the captain of London, captain of New York, and all. But. Um, that's only a, an aside. Um, the nub of it, Jack, is that it, it is hugely important. But, Jack, that was something um, right from the start of this campaign that I had very little doubt about. And it, it, it just has put it in a more formal footing that the strong support that is there among their, their male counterparts for their campaign. And um, I saw the campaign at first hand on... on, on, on um, on Sunday in, in in Newcastle West, when the, when when the protest took place, um, and um, the team subsequently returned to the dressing room and then came came back out to play the game. So, um, I I think these girls and I have been an advocate of this for a long long time, Jack, um, of equality, and it, it is just one simple word, equality. Now, for for some people. It might appear to be a dirty word, but Jack, we, you know, and I know, the effort that these girls put in, that they're, they're they're exposed to the same level of in injury and everything that their male counterparts are, and I'm a, I'm one hundred percent behind it. And um, before it became fashionable, as you probably know, I, I have a great oh, yeah. love for women's a great love for women's sport. And and um, great admiration for women's sport, and I've seen it firsthand, Jack. You know, um, I've been to training sessions in the past, back in the time of Joe Quaid with the Limerick Camogie team. And um, by God, Jack, they 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 the intensity and the effort being put in by these girls, like it's 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 the equivalent to the men, absolutely, and you know. Yeah, they've they've no they've no equality in expenses, strength and conditioning. You name it, medical medical on a whole array of things, Jack. Shame, it, it it's a disgrace, and and it, it's just time now that the that, that the respective um, associations wake up and smell the roses. And this is not going away, nor should it. And I, when I got that letter yesterday. And and, and to, to publish, I, I, I did so with glee. 
because it 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 um, um it it is something that I feel very very strong about, Jack. Yeah, and and rightly so. But it, look, it, it's good to see that it, it's going in the in the right direction, and and hopefully there'll be a resolution to that sooner rather than later. But staying with the the ladies footballers, and and they had the they kind of had their. Oh, I won't say it's protest because protest seems to be a bit of a, a dirty word. But they had their t-shirts on before the game with the Sligo players. But when the ball was thrown in, it was the Limerick ladies. They got the result two seven to one seven against Sligo to book their place in the All Ireland semi final with a game to spare. That game is this weekend against Down, and that'll be a straight shootout to see who tops the group. Which are smiling away there, Matt and Sligo. You know, after operating intermediate for the last few years, you know, would have been seen as a very difficult task, but. uh the two goals and Katie Mee gave him a cushion that it didn't really look like losing. Now, Sligo battled hard and got their goal and things, but it's a game that Limerick showed great composure in. Yeah, Jack, I'm, I'm smiling and, and I, I'm smiling with delight with the result, of obviously. And um, it, it, it was a hard damn, it was a hard damn when I, I was at the game and uh, it, it, it was very, very hard. But um, I was saying to some of the girls after like that that ranks up with one of the best performances by a Limerick team for for quite some time, possibly since the All Ireland final of 2018. Um, but the odds were stacked against them. You, you're, the, you're the Sligo team here coming, um, who play in Division Three and who were down from intermediate and who were probably hurting. Um, uh, but um, yeah, look, it, Limerick had the breeze in the first half, and it didn't it didn't look that. That positive for the first seventeen or eighteen minutes, Jack. When I think they were possibly they were possibly on devil terms, actually, nearly. Or there was only a point or two in it, and it looked as if they were not <coughs> going to build them, um, build the lead that was necessary. Um, uh, you know, with, with having to face the wind in the second half, but it all turned in three minutes, Jack, and and. Um, uh, who else crops up but the, our 2018 All-Ireland winning captain, um, Cathy Mee. And um, uh, she showed all her experience for the first goal, Jack, because it was an effort from um, Iris Kennelly that came back off the woodwork and um, Cathy was forced to react and bury it in the net. And three minutes later, she she shot from a bit of a distance. Now, it was a powerful shot. Um, and... Uh, the goalkeeper saved it, or appeared to have saved it, but the the, the umpire immediately went for the green flag. Yeah. She obviously saved it behind the line or had crossed the line anyway, but th- th- there seemed to be no ambiguity, no consultation whatsoever. The goal, the man on the goal flag went immediately for it. Now, it was a powerful shot, <clears throat> and probably the goalkeeper, you know, I, I, I have no doubt... And that was that was suddenly Limerick had a two-goal lead and they had a two-goal lead at halftime. Now Sligo absolutely swarmed Limerick for the first 10 minutes of the second half. But and when Katie Walsh got a goal for Sligo five minutes after halftime, and suddenly the, the lead was halved, you, you you said to yourself that uh, Lim, Limerick were up against it here. But Jack, the Limerick defense, they were simply phenomenal. Absolutely mm. phenomenal. And um, Carl Bateman, um, for the most part, in in, in that period, w- w- was untested. Um, it was the Sligo goalkeeper was tested the most because on 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 um, Limerick were depending on sort of sporadic breaks. But as the game went on, 
um, uh, in the second half went on. Limerick seemed to be um, more and more ra um, raising the siege and, and um, uh, making more encroachments <coughs> into the Sligo half. And Ellen Maguire in the Sligo goal made a fine save uh, to deny uh, Karen O'Leary a goal, which would have been game set and match. Like, Karen was, was unlucky um, actually for two goals. That one and and and, and another one. Um, uh, so um, yeah, look, Jack. It, it, no question about it. Limerick were worthy winners. Limerick were deserving winners. And um, Graham Shine was first of all his first reaction after was one of relief, and um, absolutely, you know, one 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 of delight because he's done a very good job with this team, Jack. And they're in the last four. And they're, they're in the last four for a reason. They're, they're among the four best in the country. And when you get to the last four, Jack, you know, you, you, you're in there with an equal chance. And um, uh, Graham was delighted. But as far as he was concerned on Sunday evening when I was speaking with him, that uh, the job wasn't finished at all. No. The job now is to top, top the group. Yeah, so, and they'll have, a, they'll have a chance to do that this Sunday. Back to Newcastle, uh, one o'clock. One o'clock. The game is, uh, it was originally fixed for two. The game is at one o'clock. One o'clock. One p.m. Because um, it, it, the, the, the two games don't don't have to be on at the same time because um, uh, <coughs> um, they're both, for the want of a better word, a dead rubber. Sligo and Kilkenny are out of it. Um, uh, Limerick is is is. Um, He's a dead robber, but don't tell Graham Shine. He wouldn't agree with you, as far as no, he's it, concerned. It's full-blooded to win the game. Yeah, Limerick are true, but they'll want to finish with a win and get top place and play a second in the other group. But Limerick are true, but if you can, I know it'll be a long journey to Dublin for a lot of people on Saturday, but if you can get up to Newcastle on Sunday to the sport side as they aim to top the table. But the, the main part of the job from the group stage is done. They're into the last four and... Wishing the best of luck this Sunday, obviously, but going forward as well as they play down. But moving on, Matt, we'll we'll keep it going. We've uh we've an hour and ten on the clock. We also had the start of the Limerick Senior Football Championship and Intermediate and Junior Championships over the weekend. Obviously, we look we, we can't get into all of them uh this early. There's just too many games to go through. So just the results in the senior championship group one. Uh, Clive Palace Kenny were the big winners, 315 to 17 over Clahan. Newcastle West beat Father Casey's 37 to 111. St. Kieran's beat Ula 15 to 14. In Group 1, Matt, um, any major standouts? I know you would tip Clahan to get past Kildimo. They are obviously extremely good KP. Um, Newcastle um, West just shaded um, Casey's and Kieran's just got over Ula. Um, so, KP, the standout team in Group 1 so far. No, no, you, you're incorrect there. I, I, I tip, uh, I tip uh, Kildama Palace Kimry by three. Did you? I did. Look back on your notes, Jack. Let me look back my notes. Go on in here while I look back on my notes. Uh, no, um, it was a standout performance, but I did qualify it by saying that you, you just don't know um, that Tahan seemed from year to year to have a greater turnover than, than, than most clubs. And I, I think it was very much the case on 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 um, on um, Saturday evening. Twas um, <coughs> they, 
they've lost a number of players to the travel bug, I understand, and they've lost one or two more key players to injury. So um, that that would feed in, into the consideration. But no doubt at all about it, Jack. There is no detracting for it, from it. Um, it's a very, very good start for Kildaimo Palace Kenry because um, for Kildaimo Palace Kenry, like you, you, you'd have to worry um, about the second year syndrome. Um, but mm. they've got off to the best. They've got off now to the best possible start, and um, it'll be onwards and upwards now. Um, you know they've two points in the bag, um, and in the first round, Jack, the importance of two points in the bag. And I know we'll be we'll, we'll be talking about the other group in a second when you and I are companions in distress <coughs> with both our, our our clubs losing. But um, um. Yeah, a very, very good start for Kildaimo Palace, Kenry, and and um, in in that group. Now, I I, I was out to see Sentiens and and Ula on Saturday night, Jack. And first of all, it was a dreadful game. It it, it was a very, very poor game. Um, yeah, sometimes you get a low-scoring game that's hugely exciting, and um, but the the, the scoreline here is reflective of a very poor game. Very, very disappointed with St. Kieran's performance. I had expected more from them uh, in, in, in that they had won the league the week before. Um, I'm impressed enough with the Ula performance. I'd seen them earlier in the year in the league. And, you know, you, to a certain degree, Jack, you've got to discount what you see in the league. You know, and yeah. I, I, I think that was brought home. It, 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 it was a much more promising Ula performance. And then... Um, what really disappointed me, Jack, uh, with, with St. Kearns were mainly was Ula were reduced to 14 players after 20 minutes. And yeah. they sort of did, did not drive on. They did not drive on. Um, um, it, they were constantly going laterally, going backwards. But um, now, in fairness, Ula funneled practically the whole the whole 13 out player outfield players behind the ball. And it certainly didn't make for a spectacle. And when, when in one sporadic break, when Ula, when Ula um, broke, um, Mikey O'Brien was up and had gone through, and Jack Downey buried the ball in the net from the resultant penalty. Now, Mikey has, has, was captain of, of, of Ula, and he started very well, and he got a couple of points in 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 um in, in the first 20 minutes, or he, he well, he got a point in the in the first 20 minutes, and he got a point again after half time. But um, <coughs> had Ula been been able to allow him stay at full forward, he was causing St. Kieran's a lot of problems. But he had to drop back when they when they were down to 14 players. But um, overall, um, it, it it was it was a poor game. Um, Disappointing result from St. Kieran's, and I think you will see a much, much, much better St. Kieran's team um, when, when they face Newcastle West at the weekend. Now, a bit of a worry for St. Kieran's right at the end. Um, in injury time, John Hayes lip, limped off. And um, you, 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 you just wonder um, how serious that injury will be with a, with, with, with a quick turnaround. Um, he was clearly limping and he coming off the field. Now, Ula faced Kildaimo Palace Kenry at this at this um, this this weekend, and um, you know, Ula are not a bad side, Jack. Um, I, I and um, uh, of course, Josh Ryan is a huge loss to Ula, 
an absolutely massive yeah. loss. And of course, they they, they had lost Alan Daly, and Alan Daly was playing with with, with St. Kieran's. He got a couple of points, but he he was well he was well policed by Paddy Downey. <coughs> but um, yeah, um, it did two interesting games. Um, um, Ula Ula faced Kildaimo, and St. Kieran's. Face face Newcastle West, and I think it will be a different St. Kieran's team. You 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 will see you 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 know it just didn't happen for them on the on the on the day. And as I said, their propensity to continue to go keep going across the field and sometimes going backwards. You know, I I I, I didn't think they were adventurous enough to try and break down Ula, who had so many players funneled behind the ball. No, the other and game was the big the one game. between Father Celtics and Newcastle West. And of course, as champions, like you're 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 there to be shot down. And as far as Newcastle West are concerned, it it it, it, it will be job done. Now, very interestingly, Jack, I, I, I was looking at the Father Casey's line out. And yeah. that, that, that's, that's, it's 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 a lot, it scant- a lot gone. A lot gone. <laughs> it bears scant resemblance. To the side that we thought were, were going to challenge for honours this year, like you know the Cormac Roaches, the Adrian Inwrights. I didn't see Fikra Cotter's name name there. Um, uh, the corner forward, Robert O'Brien, is it? Um, Rory, or, Rory O'Brien. He, you know, um, huge names gone. Like, and um, still in all, um, they really put it up to Newcastle West. But why should we be surprised at that, Jack? Elio than another. Why should we be surprised with the amount of success that they have at underage level? That they have, uh, that they have a, a pool of talent. But it's 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 one thing to have the pool of talent, but when it's been siphoned off at the other end, you know, it it, it can be it can be very very challenging. Now, so uh, they're in action again th- this weekend when they will be playing Clahan. And no, no disrespect to Clahan, but it, it probably is an opportunity um, for Casey's to get, get to get the tram back on the rails, as it were. You know. Yeah. Look, we'll and, we'll get into and, the prediction. Yeah. We'll get into how we think the games are going. The predictions, but just on the recap, yeah. Like looking through yeah. the team now. Obviously, Newcastle were out. Keen Sheehan as well. We kind of anticipated that, but looking at yeah. Casey's lineup, as you said, there was. <laughs> you wouldn't recognise a lot of the names, but obviously there are lads that have played underage and have come through and give it their all. And as you said, Clahan would be a challenge that they probably are more equipped for um, going this weekend. But just uh, round one, sure. if you want to go... You might be able to fill me in on something there in cases, Jack, before you go from it. Uh, uh, Martin Coughlin came on as a sub. I'm just wondering, is that the soccer player? That mm. played first of all with Cove, then moved to Treaty, and just two weeks ago has moved to Kerry. I, I don't, I don't know. Well, if he's played with Treaty and Kerry, there's a there's a strong chance that he's some sort of Abbey Field links or. Oh no, he's I, a, I, Martin Coughlin is a native of Abbey Field. The, 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 the soccer player is. There's no doubt about it. He's a native of Abbey Field. I can't imagine he'd be allowed <laughs> to play soccer and football at the same time, but. I, I I can't I can't enlighten you on that one. I will we'll we'll find out for next week. If anyone watching knows, they might just leave it in the comments there. But um group two, round one, and, and we'll get the, the bad results out of the way for us so far. Uh the Pierschig two eight to seven against Ballystine, Galtig Gales fourteen to one ten against Ballylanders, and there were one point winners over 
Mona Lean. Um, you were in Kilfinnan on Friday night uh, in the wind and the rain. I was there as well in, in the far side. And um, Galti probably deserved to win, but Bally did enough to win it with that goal from Jimmy Barry Murphy. Um, but then you had the child's brother really stood up when it was counted. Quick summary of the game. I think, Jack, you've summed it up. I think yeah. you've summed it up. Um, for for most of the game, the Gales looked most likely winners. Um, they had a narrow lead at halftime, and you said to yourself, Barry turning over with the breeze, that this wouldn't be enough. But the Gales dug in, and um, they actually had extended their lead at one stage during during, during the second half. And... Um, then, then, then Bally got that spot with five with five minutes to go. I, I, I thought Danny Froon was in absolutely outstanding form. He ended up with Brilliant. five points from play. And he was the architect of the goal for Jimmy Barry Murphy. And suddenly you said to yourself, this game has swung, swung now definitely in Bally Landers' favour. And when Kieran Kelly knocked over a point on the hour um, to make it a two-point game, um, it looked as if there was no way back other than a goal from 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 for Galtie Gales. And at that stage, uh, Bally Landers were actually dominating in the play, Jack. But, but suddenly, um, Galtie Gales turned it around and um, Tommy Childs got a point um, in the first minute of injury time to narrow the gap. Rob Childs got a point a minute later from a mark. And then really? a, a minute and a half later, um, Tommy came up with what what in the context of the group, Jack, is going to be a priceless winner. Yeah, the, I mean, and, uh, you I'm... you will remember here last year, last week, when you asked me um, uh, the players that I would like to see, um, uh, who would I think would I, I'd be looking forward to seeing in the championship. I did mention Tommy Childs, and yeah. I think you saw it first, you saw it firsthand. Why two huge scores down the end, and the mark. Now, when you hear a mark, you think, oh, it's just a free, but the catch from Robbie, like he must, it must have been seven or eight feet after. Not he was seven or eight feet after gone, but the height of the ball must have been seven or eight feet. Left fetched a, a hard angle for a free in horrible conditions, and no pressure on him. The Childs brothers really delivered big. Um, in Clarina, very disappointing night for Ballystein. Napier Street. No, but, 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 but before you before you go from that now, Jack, I'm just wondering, are you up to tricks here? I, I have to call you out in this one. Are you building up the Gales knowing that Ballystine are playing him this week? You're doing a bit of a Jonathan Higgins on it now, I think, you know? <laughs> can't, you, can't you, you, you're a good you're a good learner and a quick learner. Kelty one. That's that's all I can they were good. Like they they deserve to win. Like and you would uh, as a well Landers man, you'll say the same over the course of the hour, Kelty deserved to win, but they, they left it late. But no, I I'm not hyping up anybody here. They were they were good, but um, for Ballystine, it was a really disappointing night. Uh, just didn't get going, and the Pierce were really good, Matt. Um, honestly, I was a bit surprised with how good they were, considering um, I saw them a good bit last year. They were a good intermediate team, but they looked every bit the seasoned intermediate team. And I suppose you'd, you'd forget that they were intermediate for seven or eight years, and they only went down for one year. Um, just a really strong. Sorry, they were seeing it for seven or eight years. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Then he went down for one year, but. Really, really good performance. Um, you know, Dylan Cronin was quite quite enough. Their main man, Gordon Brown, didn't play, but had really big performances all over the field. Kyle McMullen at centre back, really strong. Um, Ruben McCarthy outside him at wing back, really good as well. Um, up front, Evan Egan kicked a good few scores. Kevin Nolan, 
got a penalty and were thoroughly deserving of a, of a seven-point win. There's no doubt in that. Now, they have a dare this week, which will test their mettle. But, you know, a perfect start for Napierce. And I think the teams in recent years, Matt, that have come up, obviously, KP last year got the quarterfinal. Clahan the year before in their first year got the quarterfinal. Gelty won in 2019. They're a seasoned senior team now. That There has been a really good transition for those intermediate teams in recent years. And, you know, good, really good start for Napierschig, obviously, poor start for Bellistein. Um, and the game's other group yeah. then a day. Go on. You're, you're making a very good point there, Jack, about the teams that are coming up. A very, yeah. very good team. A very, very good point. Because um, you see across in all sports, um, um, it's nearly more commonplace, the teams that come up, very, very often drop back down again immediately. But um, I, I could, I couldn't see that happening with with Napierschig. And um, no, I tip Ballystein to win. Nearly it was out of deference to you, Jack. So that, um, but, but, um, um, uh, I, I felt that Napierschig, you know, they were going to be a pushover for nobody because they, they, they were going to have momentum. They play good football and, um, um. I suppose it's not a major surprise that they won. But having said that now, Jack, and you basically, you you just, and we'll be touching on it again, you, you just barely referenced it there when you said that they're playing a there at the weekend. We'll have something to say when, when, we, when we come to that now in, in, in a few minutes. Yeah, we will. And Adair won by a point, uh, 10 to 1-6. Obviously, both of us were in Kilfinnan, so we didn't see the game. Um, I had expected a lot from Monlene, but again, looking at their team, there's a there's a few, there was a few lads missing. Whether those are injured or they're just playing hurling, we'll tell a lot with how Moan Lean go. But Adair obviously down a few bodies as well and got the result. And they just seem a team so hard to beat in the group stage. Adair, we've spoken about it every year. Their group stage record is just impeccable, you know. And did it again, and they would have seen that probably on on paper, definitely the hardest fixture, and they got over the line. Um. But you know, probably to be, and I, I tip Monlin. I, I, I will say that. But a result you'd expect from it there. A result uh, you, you, you would expect, and you, your, your, your analysis is right there. Um, they would probably see it as the tough game, and I suppose even though Jack, it was only the first round, um, they, they, they would probably see it as ultimately a shootout for finishing top spot in the group, possibly. You know, and that's. That's not um, that's not to say, but that 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 they, that they might be hijacked along the way. Um, uh, but um, yeah, it it it. I suppose, Jack, what you would describe it is as a classical Adair performance. Yeah, you know, get off. get the job done, and and um, uh, like it, it's just you know, it's just a continuation of what we've seen. From a day or since they came up at the end of 2017, wasn't it? <coughs> yeah, 2016. They won. It, uh, they won the county in 17. So you know they've, oh, yeah. they've got to, they've got to final in every year bar one, and that year they were beaten by Newcastle. I would say in probably 25 or so group games, they probably won 24 or so. Like they're just very very good in the group, as you said. Classic of their performance. Get the job done. Beat the big guns early, and they'll look at it as a as a clear path now to to top in the table and a county semi final this this early in the in the league. But they have or they've proven it every year that that that's what they 
that's what they can do. But um, we'll preview the games now, Matt, and we'll we'll do our predictions all in one. Um, and I was wrong. You did you did say KP in the first round, so all square after round one. This is how we picked. Both at Newcastle, both had Kieran's. Uh, you had a dare. We both had KP. I had Gelty. Um, neither of us had Napierschig. Um, and that's each. Neither of us had had Napierschig. That's the the other result we're missing there. So that's round one for all. Um, a lot to play for so far, but we'll get into we'll get into I'm the game. I'm looking to be on parity, but you, Jack. Mm, yeah, we'll see. Well, we bought back the own and didn't get to win. So I'll, I'll I'll be looking at your tail now for the rest of it. I don't think so. I'm I haven't won in, in the three years, but we'll get into Matt this weekend's games, and again we'll start with round one as a or group one as I have them here, uh, and you can say a bit about the games as well because I know we haven't really previewed them because we've a long episode today. But uh, KP versus Ula. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I agonised a bit on this one, um, uh, but. Um, I, I, I'm coming down in favour of KP with the momentum of the of the first round win. Now I'm also conscious of the fact that um, it's such an important game in the context of the group for Ula because um, <coughs> really, Jack, you know, when you have five games in a group, you know, there's 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 a tendency to dismiss the importance of the first two rounds sometimes and say, "Oh, sure, we have plenty of time with three games." Like, but if if you're down four points after two games, it's not a good place to be. And um, and Kildaimo, it will be equally saying to themselves, "Look, um, we got to the quarterfinal last year with two points on the board. Here is an opportunity um, to make it four. Because you must remember that they will be conscious of the big challenges that are going to be presented. Um, by Father, both teams will be conscious of it. By Father Casey's Newcastle West and 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 St Kieran's, uh, you know, which which um, which are going to be huge games. So I, I'm I'm going for Kildaimo Palace Kenry by three points. Yeah, I, and I do I do hear you with that. You know, you don't want to be in a place where you've. You've not won. You've a big break to come, and then you have the likes of Newcastle and, and Kieran's or Newcastle and Casey's to come. But I do agree. KP seems to be on a obviously started brilliantly, putting up three fifteen. Any game is a lot. If you put that up in the senior hurling championship, they'd be delighted. So I'm going to go KP by four. Um, Newcastle West versus St Kieran's looks to be the standout tie across the entire round two. Um, obviously, two round one winners going against each other. And you'd say for Newcastle, they're kind of looking at this and say if they win this, they have a straightforward path to top in the table. But Cairns will probably think likewise. But West Derby's, you know, often conjure up their own kind of narrative. And it's been a while since Cairns got one over on Newcastle. And I think they'll be keen to get one here. But I'll start. I'm, I think Newcastle will edge it. Um, Cairns edged the league final. But I think Newcastle will win here by two. Yeah, I'm going by Newcastle as well, and um, uh, you're going by two, so I, I'll I'll go by three. Um, um, but I I I I I think um, I I'm discounting Jack the the the, the performance that I saw from Saint Kieran's um, last Saturday night because I didn't think I had seen him last year, 
And as I said to you, I, I thought I saw two St. Kieran's last year. Um, I saw St. Yeah. Kieran's that was very good and the St. Kieran's that was poor. Um, I, I I was disappointed with them. And, um, I, I, I you know, I, I'd be hoping that we'd, we'd see the, 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 the good St. Kieran's. And um, I'd, be, I'd be worried if John Hayes was missing. Yeah, huge, huge player for for Kieran. But they do have a they have a good squad depth there. But John is a is a key man on that team. And then Clahan versus Father Casey is the only game in the senior championship that's on Sunday. Um, both teams that lost first round. Which way are you seen this one going? Um, based on I I didn't see any of the teams, Jack. But based on the first um. Uh, on the on the first round, you'd have to go with Father Cases, and um, uh, like you, you know, um, Father Cases lost to Newcastle West, but their performance, <coughs> apparently from the match report that I saw, Jack was quite good for long periods. Um, yeah. It was that Newcastle West um, sort of took over in the second half, having trailed at half time, so. I'm going for Father Cases by four here. Um, I, I, like, if, if the first round, Jack, is a barometer of where um, Clahan are, are, are at, it's going to be a difficult year for him, I feel. Um, it's going to be a challenging year for him. And um, I, I, I think Father Cases, I, I think Father Cases will get over that one, Jack. By yeah. Four. I, I, I'm going to go plus five. And again, it's just gone off that first round. Didn't see either team playing. But, you know, Casey's really put up to Newcastle. And I heard KP were very, very dominant against Glahan. So that's why I'm going Casey's by five. So we're all, the, tr- the two of us are yeah, going well, for a KP, Newcastle you know, West and Casey's trio. You, you, you have, I, I, I got a call during the game on, on Saturday. On Saturday. And, um, it it was pointing out to me, Jack. Um, I I was in, in over just over the road in Mungret, and the game was on Clarina. But I got a call, um, telling me about the, the you know the number of players that Tahan were down for different reasons, and um, you know for that reason, I think it's 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 going to be challenging for them, you know. Oh, definitely, definitely will be challenging. But you know how how this championship likes to throw up a surprise or two into Group Two. Uh, round one winners, Napiershig versus Adair. I'm going to go Adair by four. Um, just, again, a really solid team. Very hard to break down. Know exactly what they're about. Now, I will say for Napiershig, they knew exactly what they were they were doing. Seemed to have the game plan drilled into them and executed very well. But Adair is a, is a big step up. Um, you know, perennial contenders every year. And I just think they'll have too much for Napiershig. So I'm going to Adair by four. This is the intermediate champions of last year against the runners, senior runners up of last year, and I think this this will be the real test for Napiershig as 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 to where they they are at. Um, I I I I agree with you that it 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 it, it will be a dare, Jack, but I'm not so sure that it will be a dare by four. I'm going a dare by one. Okay. I think I think the Piers, I think the Piersic will really put it up to him in this one. <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't I didn't see it there play, but from what I saw in the Pearsig, they they have the capabilities of beating it there. Um, but I yeah. just think that they are just a really polished team, um, and just know how how to get the job done. Uh, Ballystine versus Celtic Gales, Matt. I'll let you start with this one. You know where I'm going to go. 
Yeah, I'm 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 going for the girls by three. Okay. Um, um and and they seem to be a bit of a bogey team. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, for, for Ballystein in, in, in recent meetings. I even remember a game inside in Clahan when there was a fella called Neville in goals for Ballystein. Yeah. Um, do you remember that game? And uh, I do haunt it. It was the last that's the last game I played because I was in I was in hospital a few weeks later with my back over it. But yeah, last game I played. Bad one to go out on and they had beaten us or they beat us the last year as well. Um, so yeah, a bit of a bogey you're team. You're not suggesting, Jack, that you're retired, are you? I'm, I'm not too far. I haven't played since, so that's two years this stage. So I'm not far off it. But uh, they're they're a really good side. Like, and this isn't Kerry Yerism or anything like that. They're a really good side. But um, and you saw that in Kilfinnan as did I. But I'm always gonna back my own. So I'm going Ballystine by three and get the championship. Off, off the ground and get it up up and running. So one of us will be around there. Um, we both said plus three for the opposite team. So maybe a draw, if you were uh, a betting man, a draw there probably wouldn't be the worst out if you were a neutral. And the final game of the round, well, five of the games are on Friday. Um, your own Ballylanders versus Monaline. Um, I'll start. Monaline, by all accounts, against Adair weren't great. They're down a few bodies, but still they have a pretty stacked team. Um, and I think Bailelanders will be very disappointed with how that game in Kilfinnan ended. They shouldn't have won it, but we're in a position to win it and let it slip. So I think Monolene will build, um, will get their, their first win in the game. I think uh, Bailelanders will end the losing side again. So I'm going to go Monolene by three. Yeah, um, I, I, I find it hard to disagree with you. Um, uh, there was a time when up to maybe the last one or two meetings, um, when Ballylanders were a bogey team for Monoline. Um, but Monoline had a big win on the last occasion in which they played. Um, yeah, I, I, unfortunately, um, I, I, I think Monoline are going to win. Or it's going to, but it's going to be close, Jack. It, it, it's going to be close. Um, look, um, yeah, I, I, I think Monoline, but I'd say Monoline by two, I'd say would be the... Uh, I Belly were down a couple of players last week, Jack, and the, the hope is that they'll be back on board this week. And there's a possibility that Brian O'Connell will be back among their ranks as well this week. So that 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 will be a big plus for Belly. So I, I think Belly will probably put it up to Monlean, but might just come up short. Yeah. So in Group Two, both of the day are both said Monlean. I said Ballystine. You said Kelty Gale. So um, we'll we'll see. We've gone we've gone the same way at five of them. Uh, and different than with one with uh, ulterior motives on my end. But um, yeah, it was good. It was good first round, Matt. Obviously, the Intermediate Championship, Junior Championship, Premier Junior kicked off. But we just don't have the time as of now when there's still inter-county action. But once it, the split season goes into the club side of it, we'll have plenty of time to get in, get into all those. So best look to all the teams in action this weekend. Before we go, Matt, we're down to the final four in the hurling. Um who is your hurler of the year so far? Because we know how, um, how these can swing once they get into Crow Park and the final four. But as of now, your hurler of the year and why? Aaron Galan or Tom Morrissey. I think they've been playing out absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I I, I think, obviously we're going to see the Limerick games. I think Darren Donovan deserves to be in that chart list of 
Limerick players as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dara and Tom have been really consistent. And I think Aaron has been consistent, not as consistent, but has been so bright then when, when he's been bright, if you get me, and been really good. Um, outside of Limerick then, Connor Whelan, Tony Kelly. Connor, Connor Whelan. Connor Whelan, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, I suppose you, you, you cannot discuss a whole lot of the year without in, in, including Tony Kelly in it. And um, that, like, if you look at Kilkenny, it's more a, it's more a collective effort than Kilkenny. Um, yeah. For, for uh, me, on Cody or Hugh Lawler are probably the standouts at either end for them. Um, they just on Cody. You know, he's doing the scoring, and then Hugh Lawler seems to be doing the defending from, um, and uh, and Dermot Ryan as well is another name that I'd pick out. Um, he mightn't even get an offside yeah, because he's up against Dermot Burns. Playing very well for player, yeah. But uh, he and might Dermot, even get an offside yeah, because make an A run for it, yeah. But I think uh, the the semi-finals and finals will have so much of a say on who gets the hurl of the year award. But it, it's just interesting to see where that debate is at the moment. Because remember last year going to Iron Final, I thought it was Aaron Galland's to lose, but Darren Burns' consistency just pipped it there again. So hopefully, if there's a hurling year and he's from Limerick, there's a good chance that Limerick have won the All-Ireland. So if we get the hurling year, year, uh, I'd say it'll have been a good year for us. But 100 minutes. It's a long time since we did a 100-minute pod, before, Matt, but it's before just... You go, before we go there, I, I, I just want to mention um, the Willem P. Clifford tournament in, in, in Fedemore, um last Saturday. It was it was a feast of hurling. Um, um, you, you had um, Kilmele. Uh, actually, Jack, the, 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 the two semi-finals went to penalties. So okay. whoever, whoever did a seeding job there... Did, did a very good job. Kilmele beat Mount Sain. Um, two one on penalties. And yeah. um, Capitagal beat Kilmalak 4-3 on penalties. Now, Kilmalak were within touching distance of getting to the final. Um, they were leading by two points. And and um, uh, Jack Cochran got a goal for Capitagal um, in injury time. And Jack, Connor Hanley, Clark got a point for the ages to level it. To have the courage to take it on right out on the sideline and the halfway line, Jack, it was a very, very special score. But Malak lost it in penalties. They subsequently lost the, the Shield final to Mount Sinai. It was still Malak's sixth match in 12 days. So um, tired bodies took over and they really, really faded in the second half because fatigue was written all over them. But in the final, Kilmele had a very big win over over um, over um, Capitagal, the holders. But Jack, um, the, the 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 reason I'm bringing it up is to congratulate the Fedemont Club on the absolute excellent organisation um, of bringing the four clubs together, and um, the whole logistics of how the day was organised was 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 so good. And um, the only downside was that the crowd was small. And it, it it is a pity. It's those that stayed away that missed it. Yeah, well, congratulations to these um, clubs. Fedemore, I know the boys from Skeeton were in from Colour Broad for, for a tournament that they won as well. So it's great to see these these clubs pop up and have these these weekends of hurling and our football. So fair play to Fedemore and to Colour Broadford over the weekend. But 
as I said, over 100 minutes on the clock, man, it's been a long time since we had a podcast that long, but it's just the nature of, of the weekend. It's a huge hurling game that we spent about an hour talking about, Limerick versus Galway, again in the All-Ireland semi-final. A big thank you to John Higgins for coming on and giving us the view from Galway. And big thank you to Noel's Menswear for sponsoring the podcast and all the good work they do with us. Um, to everyone that's watching, subscribing, liking, it, you know, the community is expanding every week. Make sure to get your comments in and, and we'll answer them afterwards because we're, we're not going live just logistically with Wi-Fi and things. It's just a bit risky, but make sure to comment in. If you're on YouTube, likes and, and subscribes and turn on the bell for notifications so we can grow the community. Facebook, like, share, Twitter, like, retweet on Spotify. Give us a rating and like the podcast as well. If you, do, if you don't want to look at us, you can always listen to us on Spotify or SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Um, and always thank you too, Matt for your contribution should be a good weekend for Limerick hopefully we'll have an All-Ireland final look forward to hopefully the ladies footballers will be uh, top of the table with their semi-final to come and hopefully the junior Camogie side will have an All-Ireland final semi-final to look for or an All-Ireland semi-final to look forward to so an hour and 45 on the clock that's episode 240 in the books thank you all for watching and we'll be in touch again soon thank you Impression again, we get all with what you put into it's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Phil Kenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, I'm sure to do that to Tomas O'Shea. He deserves to score from here. One of the highlights. Let me spend out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. There's no sympathy in this game for anybody. 